So as we enter this new subject about accountability, I want you to pay attention because we have some very important things to talk about this evening. We're going to read this evening from Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. And I'm going to read from the NIV version of the Holy Scriptures. Genesis 3, 1 to 13, from the NIV. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Just to be clear that God never said they could not touch it. He said you should not eat. That one was an addition from Eve. Verse 4, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and she ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now this verse 6 is very important because verse 6 is also the verse that outlines the three areas of temptation. We know that when we are tempted, as Jesus Christ said, he said, for all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And we can see that in verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, that is what lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasing to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and that it was desirable for, desirable for gaining wisdom, pride of life. Those three temptations, is she fell into all the three categories of the temptation. Another thing which is important to say is that some people have preached and said the woman was deceived. And then she took the fruit and gave it to the man. As if the man was not there, the picture that is painted sometimes with this passage is preached is that the woman was somewhere with Satan alone. And then after Satan deceived the woman, the woman now took the fruit and brought it to her husband and gave it to Adam, and Adam ate. But verse 6 very clearly tells her that and she, took, she also gave some to her husband who was with her. So Adam was present when the, when the serpent was talking to, to Eve. It wasn't like he was somewhere and then Eve just came and said, hey, taste this fruit. No, he was present. When the woman was being deceived. Verse 7, the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed thick leaves together and made covering for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? Where are you? Verse 9, he answered, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten the, from the tree I commanded you not to eat? 
The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Verse 13, The Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent, the serpent deceived me, and I ate the fruit. Now, accountability is very, very important. Like I said, true discipleship cannot happen without accountability. True discipleship cannot happen without accountability. As somebody said, George Washington said, 99% of all failures come from people who refuse accountability. 99% of all failures refuse, come from people who refuse accountability. Another man who is called Steve Maraboli said, Wisdom stems from personal accountability. We all make mistakes. Own them. Learn from them. Don't throw away the lessons by blaming others, which is exactly what Adam and Eve did. Adam said, the woman gave me. And then Eve said, the snake deceived me. Now, accountability separates wishes in life from action takers that care enough about their future to account for their daily actions. This is said by John D. Lane. Understanding the true meaning of accountability makes us strong and enables us to learn. Same El Said. And the last says, good men are bound by conscience and liberated by accountability. Wes Fessler. Now, we understand from this text that before uh, the serpent that we know today to be the serpent became what it is today, from the conversation and the understanding we have from the, the, the encounter in this, in this passage shows that the serpent used to walk. It was after the curse that the serpent now will crawl as God will curse the serpent. But we understand that the serpent used to walk. And the serpent was not the devil. The devil only entered into the serpent because, you know, the devil is a spirit. And for him to express himself to man, he has to, he has to enter into anything that is living in order to express himself. So Satan was in the garden, but he could not express himself because he has no body to express himself. So he used the body of a serpent in order to express himself. <laughs> Now, another thing which is very important to note is that as long as Adam was in the garden by himself, we don't know how long Adam was in the garden before God decided to create the woman. We don't know how long, but we understand that as long as Adam was alone, the serpent did not attack or tempt Adam. He waited when the woman came into the scene. This is the same thing that happens even in marriages. Uh, you may be with a lady. You guys are good friends. You guys are classmates. You get along so well. The moment you get married, problems and conflicts begin because Satan will always attack the institution of marriage. This is why two people can live together. They can be boyfriend, girlfriend. They live together in the same house, sometimes even have children, no issue. But the moment they go and legalize that marriage and get serious according to God's ordinance, 
then troubles and attacks will start in that institution because Satan does not want anything that God has ordained. And Satan said to Eve, did God really say that you should not eat from the tree in the garden? What Satan was trying to attempt to do was to twist the scripture. And that is exactly what Satan is doing today when he has convinced many preachers, many believers to twist the scriptures so to suit their desires and to accommodate their passions or to gratify their, their, their fleshly desires. The woman even said, God said we should not touch. God, there was no way that God told them not to touch. He said, do not eat. And so they, they went back and forth. He eventually fell into the trap. She ate the fruit and gave to her husband, and the husband ate, and they fell. And then God came in the cool of the garden. We know from scriptures that any time God is manifested in the flesh, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, is in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, the appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament is called Christophanies. For example, when three angels visited Abraham, and while these angels visited Abraham, the Bible clearly said, the Lord said, can I hide anything from Abraham, seeing that he will become a great nation? And so Abraham, and God revealed to Abraham that they had a plan to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham started interceding, interceding. And if, if you find 50 men, if you find 40 men, if you find 30, what about 20? He went all the way down to 10. And then the Bible says two of the angels went to Sodom. They came three. Why two? Because one of them was the Lord. And anytime you hear the word the angel of the Lord with a definite article, know that it is God in the flesh. And God in the flesh is Jesus Christ. So before Jesus Christ came on the earth, through Mary, as we know in the New Testament, he has been here before, multiple times. So when you hear that God was walking in the cool of the day and they heard his footsteps, it means that God was having fellowship with Adam and Eve like somebody can walk into your house and you guys have a discussion. It was not like they were seeing a sun, like we see light. No, they had a conversation with God. Because they heard his footsteps, mean God was walking. And we know from scriptures that that was Jesus Christ. And then God came and asked them questions about what they had done. And eventually found out that they had broken the law that he gave them by not eating the fruit that was in the center of the garden. Like I've said before, you cannot be discipled if you are not accountable. You know, church is one institution which is very complicated because all the students are in the same class, but the teacher has to teach them all using the same syllables, but ministering to them at different class levels. So the person who has been in the Lord for 20 years is in the same church. And the person who just gave his life to Christ last month is in the same church. And they just have one teacher who is teaching the same class. That is where the role of the Holy Spirit in a church is very important because as I teach now, the Holy Spirit interprets and directs this word to people at different levels. But if you are going to grow, you can't grow by sitting in the crowd. It is when your teacher knows you personally. Then 
the teaching can be customized, maybe at a personal level to give you what you need at the level where you are. For example, if you come into the church and you are not relating with anybody, the pastor doesn't know you don't know the pastor, and you sit every Sunday, you hear, the moment they say amen, you disappear and go. Nobody will ever know the level where you are and how to help you so you can be in the Lord for 10 years and remain a baby Christian because you are not accountable to anybody. Accountability positions you for growth. It positions you for teaching that will help you, strengthen you, and fortify you in your walk with the Lord. Now, there are four things, four questions that God asks Adam and Eve that we can use to understand accountability because they have to give an account to God for their actions, for the laws that they, they did not obey, they disobeyed. And those four questions that God asked was the questions of accountability. The first question that God asked them, he says, where are you? Where are you in verse 9? But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? Where are you? God knew exactly where they were hiding. It was about accountability. God was not asking Adam for his location. He wanted Adam to be accountable because there is something that has led Adam to be in a position where he is. So their location had changed from where they used to be, and God wanted an explanation. I used to meet with you here. Why is it that you're no longer here? You are somewhere else. Something must have caused that change of movement. So obviously we are not in the Garden of Eden, I can say. However, we are not called to walk around without accountability. Do you know that there are some people that, like in the United States now, you will go to Walmart, you go to some big uh, grocery stores you see, or sometimes in, in, in airports, you see pictures of people missing. This sometimes happens when people are not accountable. Now, accountability says that you have to be answerable to someone for your whereabouts. For example, there are husbands who are not accountable. There are women who are not accountable because they feel they can get up and go wherever they want to go without explaining to their spouse, without telling their wife or their husband where they are going. And this is what happens. On the day that something bad will happen, nobody ever knows. You wake up in the morning, you decide to go to you know, a nearby city without telling your wife, without telling your husband. And once you get there, something happens to you, you disappear. Nobody can trace or know your whereabouts because you are not accountable to anybody. There are people, husbands, who plan a whole trip, plan a whole journey without telling their wives. They are going to a country, maybe traveling to Africa or traveling to Asia or Europe, without telling their wife. It's sometimes in the morning of their departure, they say, oh, I'm, by the way, I'm going to Europe. Because they don't feel they are accountable to anybody for their actions. Any accountable person has to have someone who knows their movement. If you are married, you have to be accountable to your spouse for your movement. If you live with your parents, you have to be accountable to your parents for your movement. If you are a Christian, you have to be accountable to your church for your movements. And this is why sometimes people just absent from the church. They stay two weeks, 
and then they reappear. And then we say, hey, I'm not seeing for two. Oh, I travel. Sorry, I travel. Lack of accountability will make a person move move around, go wherever they want to go without thinking that they have to they owe anybody an explanation. If you belong to a church where you are being discipled, where you are being taught, where you are being fed spiritually, where they are taking care of your soul and helping you in your work with the Lord, accountability demands that if you are going to travel, you can send a text message, hey, pastor, hey, sister, hey, brother, just to let you know I am traveling, I will not be around for two weeks. That is accountability. But a person who is not accountable disappears after three months show up two weeks and disappear because they don't feel they owe anybody any reason for their movement a man called his wife the wife went to walk and then coming back and notice that the bat of the husband is not around they're traveling back is not in the place where it used to be she tried calling the number Nobody didn't go through. And then the next day, the man calls with a foreign number and says, hey, honey, just to let you know, something came up. I'm in Africa. How do you leave the country, travel all the way out? You went to the airport. You sat there, booked, you know, did the booking, waited on the lounge and bought the plane without even sending a text message to your wife to say, hey, something came up. I'm traveling. People who don't, who don't understand accountability think, I don't owe anybody any reason for where I go. I can go anywhere I want to go. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. The key word here is submit. And this is where we get the word accountability. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who give account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that will be of no advantage to you. You must understand from this context that spiritually, your spiritual leaders, your pastor gives an account of you. So if something happens to you today, and let's say you leave the faith, you're you're no longer a Christian, and you're a Christian of this church, God is going to ask me. So sometimes when we send a text and say, I did not see you in church, what happened to you? It's not because we lack things to do. It's all about accountability. If God has brought you into this fold, it is therefore the, account, the responsibility of the leaders. Like sometimes we have ministers that will call you to say, hey, we didn't see you in church. What happened? It's all about accountability. No shepherd has a flock and one animal disappears from the flock and they don't go looking for the flock. Bible says Jesus Christ will leave the 99 to go look for the one that is missing because every shepherd will give an account for all the sheep that God gave under his trust. A man, a man was going abroad for a multi-million contract opportunity. He didn't feel that he had to tell his wife. So he got to the embassy and he, uh, the interviewer said, are you married? The man said, yes, very happily married. Is your wife aware that you're going for this business to be here? Hey, my wife is fully aware. And the interviewer said, give me your wife's number. And the interviewer called and said, called the lady and said, hey, I'm calling from 
this embassy. Uh, when did you last see your husband this morning? Today, say in the, the, the wife said in the morning. Do you know where your husband is right now? The woman said, I don't know. That was how the stamp reject, denied on his, on his passport. Because he left the house. He was trying to go abroad secretly without informing his wife. And then he got denied. Like we read in the beginning, he said that the most failures that people encounter in life comes out of the lack of accountability. Being accountable for your movement is not being under control. It's being cared for. It's giving people the opportunity to care for you. Sometimes people pray for you. Sometimes people will intercede and make sure in the realm of the spirit that whatever place you're going, you succeed. The reason why people seek prayer when they're traveling is not because they want to be controlled. It's all about accountability and spiritual care. The second thing in verse 11 that the Lord asked Adam and Eve is that he said to them, who told you that you are naked? Who told you that you are naked? There was a specific information that God expected them to know only from him. Because for all the times that God was coming to fellowship with them in the garden, God never told them that they were naked. Go find some clothes and wear because you guys are naked. You know, a lot of people are being led astray today because they believe the wrong information from the wrong source. Anytime you have a revelation out of the ordinary, have someone in authority to check it. Have someone in authority to check it. There was an incident in, in, in Cameroon where one of our sisters said she was a government teacher, a high school government teacher, and she said that God has spoken to her not to go out of her house that she has to stay in the house and serve him. And this lady has children. She's living in a house where she has to pay rent. And so it became very serious and somebody had to call my attention. So I went there and I started asking questions. I said, okay, let's assume that God has spoken to you that you should stay in the house and serve him. And so I, so I was asking, please explain to me how you are serving God by locking yourself in the house. Number two, tell me how you're going to feed your children. Number three, tell me how you're going to pay your house rent. Because when God is telling you maybe to stop teaching, maybe God is giving you a direction, maybe to go to ministry, go to Bible school, do something different. But from everything you're saying, God just said, do not even go out of the house. That God told her not to even leave the house. It's one thing to say, God says, leave your job and stay at home. Her own is that she should not even leave the house. So how are you even going to get water to, to bathe yourself? After talking and trying to explain to her what she was hearing was not from the voice of God because the principal of the school had already given her a suspension and said if she didn't show up one week after that suspension day, they were going to forward it to, to the, the, the headquarters and she was going to be expelled. After we spoke to her, she now called the principal and said she was coming back to school. Because evidently, apparently, it was not God that was talking to her, it was Satan. And there are people who have been led astray because they heard 
a voice that was not the voice of God, but because, but because they were not accountable to anybody, they followed that voice and led themselves astray. Who told you that you are naked? Where are you getting your information? Who is feeding you? Who is teaching you? Who is leading you spiritually? I was watching this uh, incident that happened in Nigeria where a pastor in a church came on a Sunday and said God has spoken to him to marry a second wife. That the wife that God gave to him was the first wife was the wife for so, when he was still in the world. But now God has asked him to marry a wife for ministry. And what is even confused, we already know that polygamy is not the will of God. God will never ask anybody to marry a second wife. But where it gets crazy is that the woman that he says that God has revealed to him to marry is the wife of a brother in the church. And so he's asking the brother to surrender his wife to him because that is the woman that God has asked him to marry. Now, you can tell that this kind of pastor has no accountability over his life. There is nobody that is speaking to him because if it's in a church where the system is set up for accountability to happen, a Christian in that church can call the pastor who is over their pastor to say, hey, there is something our pastor is saying that doesn't make sense. Please help our pastor or help us understand what is going on. But when you become the boss of yourself and there is no one who can tell you anything, you are heading for disaster. You are heading for disaster. And you look at all these uh, churches that are founded by individuals who have no accountability. That is where the most false teaching, the most false doctrine, the most abuses that we see in the church is coming from because they don't have anybody over them that holds them accountable for their actions or their doctrines or their teaching. So a pastor can get up to them and say, the Lord has said I should do this, and there is nobody over him to check to say, hey, that thing you're saying, is not from God because he is the boss. Like we say, the Oga Kwata Kwata, he is the final authority and whatever he says is equivalent to the scriptures. But any man that must walk with God must be accountable for the things that you hear, the things that you, the revelations that you get. There are revelations that you get that you have to take to an authority to check. If this thing you heard was from God, and an authority who has discernment can tell you if this is God or if this is not God. Number three, God asked them, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? This talks about your appetite. Your appetite. When you have certain desires, certain strange appetites, certain things are going on with you. You know, the Bible says in the book of James, it says, confess your faults one to another. It didn't say sins. It's other translation that says sins. It says faults. So maybe as a brother or as a sister, you are married. But you find yourself maybe lusting after a man or lusting after a woman. 
Sometimes you struggle with that loss and that desire all by yourself, and you cannot. If you are someone who understands accountability, you go to someone you trust and say, hey, it's been two weeks now, I'm struggling with this. Please, can you help me pray? But sometimes we fall into temptation because we are trying to manage it all by ourselves. You have desires that are killing you. You are fighting all kinds of emotional battles. You are struggling in the secret. You can't talk to anyone because there is no one you are accountable to. So you fight all by yourself. You are crying in the night. You are having sleepless nights. You are struggling with all these things. You have emotional issues, but you cannot talk to anyone about it because you are not accountable to anyone. The potency of a faulty desire reduces when it is discussed with someone. Don't try to manage it. Don't try to manage it. I told a story about a lady who was married. She got married to her husband and they couldn't have children. For over five years, they were struggling to have children and they later discovered that the man was the one who was impotent. The man could not have children. And over the time, the man has been telling the wife, oh, my, my younger brother is abroad. My younger brother is overseas. So after many years, like six years, this younger brother decides to come back home. As the brother arrives at the house, this lady discovers that the younger brother of her husband was her boyfriend in the high school. And the only reason why they separated was because the younger brother traveled overseas. So there was no official breakup from high school. So when they met in the house, neither the wife was able to tell the husband and say, hey, this is something I need to let you know. I used to be in a relationship with your younger brother in the high school. The brother did not say the same. They say the same. So they kept it quiet. And guess what? The brother, the younger brother was living in the same house with the brother's wife that used to be his ex-girlfriend. And the brother would leave the house thinking he's living in the house with the wife and his younger brother, not knowing that he was leaving two lovers in the same house. It wasn't too long. That lady got pregnant for the husband's younger brother. And it was when the pregnancy happened that the man was not surprised. The doctor gave me a notice and assured me that I was impotent. There was no way I could have a child. How come this happened? When they did the test and everything, I found out that the younger brother was the one who was responsible. The man shot him, shot the wife, shot the younger brother, and shot himself. But this happened because people were not willing to be accountable with their desire, their feelings. And it led to triple death. Don't manage your desires alone. If you are struggling with anything, have someone in your life that you can talk to. Nobody is a one-man army. Nobody is strong by themselves. The Bible says two are better than one. It says one will chase ten, one will chase a thousand, and two will chase ten thousand. 
Don't try to be a hero by yourself. Have someone in your life that you can talk to. And number four, in verse 13, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? God knew exactly what they did. But it was a question of accountability, giving them the opportunity to own their mistake. But you know, Adam shifted the mistake to Eve. Eve shifted the mistake to the serpent. Nobody was willing to take accountability. If you don't have anyone that you can report yourself to, or people can report you to, you are a nuclear bomb awaiting explosion. Anytime Anytime you, I, for example, I talk to a woman who is having issues in her marriage, I always ask this question. Have you spoken to anybody who is an authority over your husband? And 99% of the time, the answer is no. Sometimes I will tell you, he doesn't listen to anybody. If your husband doesn't have anyone in his life that he respects, that you can report him to, you are in danger. If you have a man who is not accountable to anyone for his actions, you are in trouble. And if you have a woman who doesn't listen to anyone, who doesn't answer to anyone, you are also in trouble. The question I ask you this evening is that who can they report you to? Who are you accountable to? In Galatians 6, 1, it says, Brethren, if a man be taken, if a man be overtaken by a fall, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou, that, let thou also be tempted. Do you know that the church has the mandate to hold you accountable for how you live your Christian life? Do you know that the church has, for example, we know you in the church now that you're single. Then suddenly we see you and a certain sister, a certain brother coming into the church every Sunday sitting together. And after service, you all hand. You've not informed your pastor that you are engaged or that someone, whatever, or someone is, wants to marry you. And then suddenly we see that you are so close to this person. It is the responsibility of the church to say, hey, who is this person? But in our today's context, if we do that, the next thing we hear, oh, that church is controlling. They are trying to interfere with my privacy. And this is why we don't have accountability and people can live anyhow they want to live. And this is why people like big churches because in those large churches, the leaders don't know you like that. So you can hide in the church and do whatever you want to do and nobody can ask you a question. When you are in a place where God has designed for you to grow, there has, there has to be somebody over you that you are accountable to. Somebody that you can go to and say, hey, I made a mistake. This is what I did. You can confess your sins to. I'm not afraid that you'll be judged or killed. You know that you, in this person you are secure. You can tell this person 
whatever you've done and trust that you will be taken care of. The reason why we have people living in sacred sins, struggling with sacred sins, struggling on their own is because they don't have anyone they are accountable to. And so I realized that as a pastor, people will call me from a distance. For example, somebody coming from Benin and complain about something he was struggling with. And the first question I asked was, have you spoken to your pastor? The answer is no. Because they don't want to be accountable to their pastor. So they prefer to call a long-distance pastor that will not know them, that will not interfere in their life. So they prefer someone very far because they don't want to be accountable. So if we are going to be Christians who are accountable, like I've said, number one, we must be accountable for our movement. Those Christians who disappear from the church, you go when you want, you show when you want, you ask someone you want, and you don't even tell anybody why you are absent. You travel for three weeks, nobody knows where you are, you reappear. You are not accountable. You must be accountable for your whereabouts not just to the church, to your spouse, to your family. If you are living with your parents, to your parents, to your husband, to your brothers and sisters, someone needs to know where you are going. And number two, you have to be accountable for your revelations. Once a voice is speaking to you, something is talking to you, don't just assume that it's God that is talking to you. You need to have someone who can check whether this voice you are hearing is the voice of God. There must be someone to double check and confirm. I've often said that if you're a young lady, maybe a man is asking your hand in marriage and you want to pray to find out if this man is your husband or vice versa or if this woman is your wife, you are not the best person to pray about that kind of situation. Because if you already like that man or that woman, there is a high chance that as you begin to pray, you will see a revelation. You and this man walking by the beach holding hands, you say, oh, God has spoken. It's not God. It's your subconscious mind that is playing your thoughts back to you. You need someone you can be accountable to, someone you trust who is neutral, that can pray and discern God's will for your life. So whatever God is telling you, you must take it to someone. Number three, you must be accountable for your desires, your appetite, your feelings. Whatever you're feeling, there must be someone who can check. Because some people say, once they say, I feel this way, I feel like leaving this marriage, I feel like leaving this job, your feelings must be checked. Someone, is, someone who is sane needs to check your feelings. You must be accountable to someone for your appetite. Number four, you must be accountable for your mistakes. Don't be the one that when you make a mistake, you cover it. The Bible says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper. There must be one person in your life where you can confess your sin to and say, Hey, I messed up. If you don't have that person in your life, like I said, you are a nuclear bomb about to explode. So it is my prayer this evening that as we hear these things, God will help us and grant us the grace to be accountable. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We ask for grace that you will help us, Lord, to be accountable Christians, to be those that you can trust, to be those that you can lead. They call the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.